0: So I usually open up the podcast like I say a silly little joke But I th- <laughs> I was trying to think of like something to come up with today And this was the only thing in my head I couldn't think of anything funnier And I'm like that's a bit too dark But I kind of just want to say it <laughs> Hitler would have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> You can't say nothing It's a podcast you have to speak <laughs> No worries he would His whole thing was that he looks out of his own voice Anyway, he would. It would be a great way to get
1: people onto his side. How's it going, it's guys? It's popular nowadays. Um, I'm just going to ignore that. Obviously, I'm covering for um, Sebastian, who's um, resting peace. <laughs> um, I'm joking, guys. I came back. That was dead. not pre planned. I yeah. agree. Yeah, Hitler would have a podcast. <laughs> I mean, this is already manic. Joe Rogan's the equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Actually, I think yeah. people, people who haven't researched would it properly yeah. think, yeah. <laughs>
0: anyway, I think it's a bang observation. Yeah, guys, welcome back to Dylan Sebastian and Zips podcast. Sebastian's alive and well. You all got pride in Halloween, which is kind of a mean thing to do. No, he's
1: alive. He's kicking us, just about, right? Yeah, just about. Yeah, just, yeah, just about yeah.
0: alive. Just hanging by a um,
1: I don't have a donut this week. You don't have a donut yet? Um, yeah, I did have one. A hefty well, case. I only had. Uh, of one bite Of the donut So okay,
0: well, See what happened was He I got him a donut And he left work And I checked the box And there was one bite Taken out of it So I, I, I felt pretty safe To assume Oh he didn't like it And I threw it away And the next day He was like Where's my donut <laughs> so I think it was pretty safe To assume One bite Didn't like it <laughs> Why'd you open Apparently the box Apparently he really did Because I was Closing the place up Someone and was
1: looking For a probably, bite of a donut I didn't have a single bite <laughs> Don't lie no I to didn't be fair, It would have been gross because I literally had like my finger Yeah I could, I could see Because I took it. all the toppings off Yeah I could yeah. see that you were all over it <laughs> <laughs> Anyway
0: welcome I didn't do anything else to it though I promise <laughs> I. promise I, There was a few dents um, Anyway welcome to the Sebastian of a Simpsons podcast The podcast myself is Sebastian here Have a Simpsons podcast Because we're sad Yeah <laughs> It's jazz related <laughs> Yeah let's jump into it Unless you have anything for you you'd like to add your mortality or lack thereof
1: no no, no yeah, just cool carry
0: on. yeah let's jump into it so today we're reviewing the sound of bleeding gums uh, the 17th episode of the 33rd season and yeah let's just jump into it so we opened up we a little couch guy nice little one who's actually connected to the episode which is very rare is every member of the family other than lisa are music notes and they're all trying to avoid the notes coming out of lisa's saxophone but then one hits Homer, where just like harmonizes a perfect dough. We didn't cut to what looks like an older episode. I thought that was clever. It was a new yeah. clip, but they animated like it was yeah. from the first season. I was, thinking
1: that, I was like, "This is really good quality." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, it was. It. Yeah, I assumed it was. It was too good to be
0: season old one. Old yeah, but it looked older. It was animated. Yeah. It's pretty similar to how I season sort one of looked. Thought the whole it was episode
1: clever. In general, sort of looked a tad older.
0: Yeah, I guess it had that older vibe, it had a lot, a lot of black and white stuff going on and that older feel with jazz and stuff. I guess. Yeah, it's a fair observation. Uh, but it's, it's like Lisa playing the sax with Bingo's Murphy. is It's like the scene from Mona Lisa from season one. And uh, Bingo's Murphy is like, how do you play so good when nothing has happened to you? And Lisa's like, I have a great teacher. We didn't pan out and we see that's all just playing out in her head. Lisa's listening to the blues while doing her homework. While the family watches TV. <laughs> we, uh, we get an ad of someone being like, like bidging TV shows like Holocaust documentaries, then you'll love everything plus. <laughs> we have everything, including the projects, even Peacock turned down, and all cartoons with the racism edited out, so they're only four seconds long. This little clip of a cow walking up to a crow, and the cow's like, why, look, it's Mr. Crow Jangles, and the crow's clearing like a you know stereotype of a black man yeah. like like in Dumbo and the crow goes to talk and just appears a text like no longer appropriate and then <laughs> the, the, the end very safe joke you know <laughs> it was <laughs> funny yeah. I liked it <laughs> we didn't get a of commercial uh, and someone's singing Be like scratch that itch scratch that itch the lotto's gonna make you
1: rich hey that's a bleeding gums murphy song but they changed the lyrics he never would have sung this garbage.
0: Only a dollar. Scratch and you'll holler. This is sacrilegious. And Lisa points out that this commercial is ripping off an old Blakely Murphy song. And we get a clip of the original song, which is Can't Face Tomorrow. And just a little quick clip of the song just being like, Nothing but sorrow Can't face tomorrow I liked There wasn't even really Like a joke to Like the little simplest of songs we got from Blingham's Murphy it was, They're actually just Kinda good songs You could hear them Being jazz mm-hmm. Being jazz songs I thought they were catchy mm-hmm. We didn't cut back to the the lottery commercial so it's clearly it's the same song but it's a much more like upbeat version of it and he's going only a dollar scratching your holler get it get in it to win it it only takes a minute <laughs> and uh, then it's like a little warning that there is no guarantee that you'll win the lotto and Lisa's like outraged and Barrett asks what she has against lottery as it's his retirement plan she says that it's a scam the the, the designed to steal from people who can't measure how unlikely it is that they'll win and buy tickets they can't afford because they went to schools that were underfunded because of scams like the lottery. <laughs> and then Homer enters in with like 10 tickets like, I have a 10, 50 million chance of winning. <laughs> and then Lisa uh, uh, reminds them all that like she knows that Bingo's Murphy hates gambling because she actually runs his, his, his website, it's called things and she goes, I'll admit the name needs work. Not even a criticism, just an observation. I thought that was the best name of all the names she had for the website. Gumdroppings. It goes on later on and she's like, yeah. oh, it's still these work. And then we get to the final one and she's like, oh, finally nailed it. I think that was the best name, Gum Gumdroppings. We'll get to the other ones shortly. I'm very ne- neutral.
1: I don't. I don't think any of them were that good
0: really <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I like gumdrop things I thought it made sense okay imagine in real life, there's an artist named Bleeding Gums Murphy and it's a fan website I thought gum made sense as a name for that website <laughs> it's, it's not even the criticism it's just an observation I made because she told us something to, to work but yeah we didn't cut to her like cycling through Springfield she's will outraged about this commercial and everyone is like purchasing lottery tickets and singing the song we didn't cut to the first church of Springfield with a sign saying home with the original numbers book and Helen's like, like Jesus said, gotta spin it to win it. And Lisa's like, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Lovejoy's like, hey, he said a lot of things he can't remember after he learned how to turn water into wine.
1: What are your best impressions? <laughs> Reverend Lovejoy. Genuinely. <laughs> <That> is- <laughs> <laughs> what
0: your best Simpsons impressions? Jeez, I never actually quite yeah. noticed meat that, that it was that good. You've
1: never done it before, have you?
0: For the impression oh, yeah. segment, I actually think I have, no. Well, hey, that's one to I do soon. That's yeah. one coming up then, yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> we didn't cut to Lisa going to the jazz We're like towards the end, you're, like, you're welcome. Like, why did you just say that? <laughs> from earlier. From yeah. oh, I can't remember. <laughs> we didn't cut to uh, Lisa going to the jazz soul. Um. And she says hi to Stitch, Stokey, I, I wrote down all the names, Stokey, Hi Hat Pat, The Three Bottoms, Sloppy Joe and The Irregular Heartbeats, No Nickname Henderson, Day and Night, yeah. Night and Day, and The Backup Boys.
1: <laughs> always, I mean, it's spot on of like what jazz bars are like. Yeah. In real life and in movies in America. Literally, it's yeah. It's like. Is is always like the one white pianist.
0: <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, one yellow guy with his glasses on the piano. Yeah, <laughs> and the the backup boys are all singing, going like, "We're expendable." <laughs> Lisa asks if they're not upset about about, about the Bingos Murphy thing, but a, a lady reminds her that stealing from black musicians is American America's oldest art form. And they all they all have lotto cards, and they're all waiting for the numbers, but none of them get it. <laughs> Ken Brockman, we got the Ken Brockman news, and he says that it's all. The best scenes. Very good, yeah. he said It's all his numbers so fair And if he wins this, he'll finally leave this town he resents, especially the morons who watch the news. <laughs> and he gets the final number. He's like. And the last number is. 62. I lost. Ah. Another news. Ken Brockman's hooray for Springfield airs tomorrow at 8. Oh, oh I love this town. We didn't cut to Homer, he's disappointed and he says that, you know, for once he just wants to be the guy who wins the lotto and blows it all it's on a, a binge that will haunt him for the rest of his so life. That's <laughs> i saying, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind it, why not? I mean, it goes without saying, I guess, but it's still like such, te- such a testament to what a great character he is that he does not have an important role in this episode at all. And in my opinion, all those bits are the best it's The funniest. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Lisa says that she needs. He comes back home to Homer. She says she needs to do something, but Homer advises her to never try and save anyone, especially lost causes. He's like the environment is over, democracy is hanging by a thread, and only losers still watch broadcast television. He looks at the TV, and a textus pops up saying, "Up next on Fox. So you think you can dentists?" She then vows not to try. N- not to try and save any lost causes. And she walks away and whispers to herself, like, but I don't consider this a lost cause. Then Homer goes, What was that? She, oh, I was just undermining myself. That's more like it. <laughs> <laughs> when he comes back to Ken Brockman, uh, he's doing the, the Smartline show, and he's like, And now, because this network can't get rid of me, Smartline. <laughs> he then talks to two opposing sides of the matter revolving, Blingos Murphy. It's Lisa and the blue haired lawyer. Good to see him back. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think he's been in since we started reviewing the podcast at all, actually. Yeah, so it was good cool to see him back. He was like yeah. a classic character back in the early season. Oh yeah, he
1: was like, always showing Because
0: there was always situations that led to the family going to court. So he'd always be either representing Mr. Burns or somebody against the family. Yeah, Always against the family. But uh, Lisa claims that she knows everything there is to know about Blingham's Murphy. And that she, she, she knows he despises gambling. And she can prove that because she runs his website. And it's now called Bleeding Out. She's like, I'm still working on the name. I think Gumdropping is better than Bleeding Out. We'll track it. We'll see what what, how you feel towards the end. Do you, any difference between the two? Uh, both still is better than Bleeding Out. Well, I think out. Gumdrops
1: is better. Yeah,
0: you know? it's just catchy. It, ma- it makes sense as a fan base name. Or were the Gumdroppings. <laughs> anyway. It's a ble- though. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. An eight-year-old child is wearing this what fan site. What would
1: a website name be for fans of Dylan's said have a Simpsons podcast? Uh, fans of Dylan instead of
0: a Simpsons podcast, like. Just losers.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's taken. <laughs> Very vague title. Uh, I don't know, the Sebos. <laughs> 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 that's something that, that combines both of us. The Dill and Seb
1: have a Simpsons podcast fan website.
0: Okay. <laughs> it could be, yeah, the people who run it. It could be like, you know, Dave and Carol have a Dylan and Sebastian have a Simpsons podcast fan site. <laughs> That's kind of funny. The URL definitely isn't taken. Dave
1: and Carl is definitely the sort of people that are listening.
0: They would be fans of our show. If your name is Dave and Carl, I'm sorry, but, I mean, we're obviously correct. <laughs> but the blue haired lawyer asks her what his first recording was. She knows the answer to that what his favorite key was, if you know the answer to that, it was B-flat, which made sense, it was like as flat as possible, and the name of his son, and then she's like, wait, he has a son? And he's like, I, I arrest my case, your honor, and Lisa's like, Is this isn't a court case, and Kate okay, Robin goes, overruled, and it's a mallet, we didn't cut to Lisa crying in bed, uh, over the idea that she, of her not knowing this vital information then the ghost of Bingos Murphy comes out of like a framed picture mm-hmm. informing her that he knows she's his number one fan she's like thanks thanks, Bingos. that's exactly what I need to hear and he's like well I'm just a fave if you're subconscious I'm only gonna say what you want to hear and she's like oh that's reassuring then Paris asks if she wants, he comes in with a Nerf gun and asks if she wants to like pl- play Nerf, but she's so depressed she can't even play the smooth keys of Kenny G. And Barrett goes, Well, no one likes Kenny G. That's why they killed off Kenny A through F. Definitely worse sure show of the episode, I thought. Yeah, it
1: wasn't so great. Stupid. It was stupid. I didn't mind it, but yeah, it wasn't great.
0: Like, it, you, you don't mind that it it's coming out of a 10 year old's mouth, so it's kind of like it's meant to be stupid, but yeah. it's still a dumb joke. <laughs> I was a bit like, Ugh. Oh the ghost that informs Lisa that he named his son after his favourite jazz musician and Lisa realizes it's Monk Murphy and Bingum's is like now all you gotta do is look him up in the phone book At Lisa's like phone book I, like, I really have been dead a long time haven't I but again this is like it's not really a big criticism it's just like a small observation it's, he says he's been dead a long time but he died when, Ao- when Aoife when <laughs> Eva, what a weird little it's a girl we work with what a weird little uh, what's the word Freudian slip um oh.
1: It's weird because...
0: He died at the same age that he, Lisa is now. Yeah. You know?
1: But I guess I don't know what they were trying to do there. Well, I guess it's like... They cause... were trying to make a joke out of acknowledging the fact that it makes no sense that there, it's been going on for this long. I
0: guess so, yeah. It was like, He's been dead since the 90s, technically, because that's when the episode where he yeah. dies came out. But it's also technically the exact same year. It, it, you know? It's
1: either them making a joke out of how long it's been going on for and mm. how they can make these jokes and it doesn't have to make sense. That's true. Or it genuinely, they just really wanted to make this joke. So you didn't even think it about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess every... It was every, a good joke. It was funny, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess
0: every variation of that makes sense. I, I, I don't judge them for it. It's just an observation. But we then cut to Lisa arriving at the house and Monk recognises her and inv- invites her in. Uh, uh, because she, cause she runs the fan website, obviously. Lisa fawns over him, realising that Bleeding Gums even wrote a song about him called Monk's New Tune. Again, it's like a sweet jazz song.
1: Before I was saved by my better half, I once disappeared in a black and white
0: photograph. And Monk informs her he can't enjoy this music as he's always been deaf and was able to have this conversation by reading lips. And I guess it's worth noting, I can't really after his name, we'll get to it later, but this is the real, a real deaf actor, and it's uh, the show's first time ever having, uh, probably major television's yeah. first time ever having a real deaf actor on a television show, so probably it's like a really, really nice cool. progressive step, the way yeah. The
1: revealed that was really good. Yeah. And also, what a great idea mm-hmm. to do that. It made life. perfect sense, yeah. yeah,
0: like a musician has a son who's deaf, like that—that that, that is a conflict that makes so much sense, and it's really interesting, yeah. But then Lisa's like, well, we'll read my lips now. And she goes like, I'm your dad's number one fan. And she's like, well, was he a good dad? And he's like, oh, the best. He, he used to coach at my soccer games. And we then cut to him like playing soccer as a kid. And Lingo's birthday just like shoots a saxophone at someone who earned a red card. He, or then Lisa then informs monk of the lottery song. And he's like, well, my dad hated gambling. And, and she's asked if he knew that because she knew her to, because he knew his dad so much And he's like Oh no He's found out through the through the website uh, Bleeding gummy bears And then Lisa goes Finally nailed it I think that's the so worst I mean, of the was three the Right yeah <laughs> Bleeding gummy bears And she's like Yes I finally did it I think that's the worst of the three names I think gumdroppings is the best I I stand by so, it I, I agree They're all bad But I agree I
1: guess it's the
0: best <laughs> I'm loyal to gumdroppings. I think it's a good name But he, he says his deafness Was uh, tough on his dad When he found out I mean cut like to him As a baby asleep in his crib and Blingos Murphy comes home with, like, uh, another fellow mu- musician who's holding, like, two drum cymbals. And they, ca- they quietly try to come through, not not to wake up the baby. But then he, like, drops the cymbals and, like, just keeps dropping them, falling over. And, like, a kind of Inspector your clues away. But the baby doesn't budge. And Blingos Murphy is, like, super confused and walks up and just, like, starts hitting them, the, the two cymbals together. Baby doesn't, doesn't budge again. And he just looks super upset and starts shedding tears.
1: Also, just, like, completely off-topic for a second. Yeah. How different does, like, this hour back feel? Oh my
0: god, it's so depressing. Yeah, yeah, so... I mean, we're in England, depends on what place of the world you're living in. You this might, might not affect you as much, but the hours went back.
1: You can't talk at four.
0: Yeah, literally, it's already it's getting dark at four, and we're we're at half five or something like that now, close to half five, and it is pitch dark. It's actually so depressing. <laughs> it's,
1: it's night it's
0: time. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. I mean, by by like December, I'll be used to it, but just jumping into it, it's like, oh, I just I, I like it when it's bright. Yeah, it actually wasn't dark. It actually wasn't that bright at all today. It was like pretty dark. It grim, not all
1: day as well. All I mean, day, yeah. Okay for you. It changes your mood, like yeah, like um, it's foggy and cold. Sorry, I just thought I'd say that. In case we sound like we are lacking vitamin
0: D, we are. <laughs> we are, yeah. we got no son at all today. Fucking hell. But yeah, we got to Springfield General Hospital. <laughs> this little sign saying, We finally fired a doctor, explanation mark. And Hibbert, Hibbert informs being Gums that his son is so deaf that if you shot a gun next to him, he wouldn't budge. And Gums is like, oh, that's not how you test it. He's like, oh, of course not. He just like puts a gun in the drawer like clearly was shot recently. (laughs) He says that the only cure would be a surgical implant that only um, the insanely wealthy and doctors that get a massive discount could afford. And he's like... Do you, do you make money off anything other than jazz? And Murphy's like, well, I teach jazz. And like, how are you paying for this surgery? <laughs> and he's like, with this. And he takes out, or not even a surgery, how are you paying for this checkup? And he's like, with this. And just takes out like a, a saxophone case and just like a, a few coins come out of it. And <laughs> Hibbert's like, that's about $16. We cut back to Lisa Monk in The present. She's like, so that's what inspired the song. $16 isn't enough. <laughs> she then says that they need to honor his dad's legacy and team up and she'll look out for him but monk says that he doesn't need anyone to look out for him that he's with a community that he likes and uh, loves who he is as well as being able to block out anything pe- annoying people say just by closing his eyes and then lisa says that they need to lawyer up and uh prove that this is you know Upright infringement And he closes his eyes As she goes on And uh We then cut back To the jazz soul To like Monk and Lisa Coming in It's absolutely Covered in smoke And Lisa asks If she can Open the window He's like There's a window in here <laughs> <laughs> He opens it up And they didn't look at the The jazz singer's memorial wall And it just says Like still swinging it's a Nice little piece of Piece of text Loads of jazz musicians there Including bleeding gums Obviously Then Lisa's like Oh no I I, I didn't know that Um What's the name here? Ava some, something died. She's like, oh, I, I, I didn't die. I'll definitely never lean against this wall again. <laughs> e, e, a Pryor. And uh, she sees She remembers him. She says that you know, being, being Gumsies always bring him to the club, and she, she made several songs about him, including Please Change the Baby's Diapers, That Baby Spilled Up My Good Dress, and What well, Brings a Baby to a Jazz Club? Or Who Brings a Baby to a Jazz Club? Asking about uh, Murphy, they're, they're asking about Bingo's Murphy, and one man informs that he was like a really bad businessman, so that might be why he doesn't have the rights to these songs anymore. Then Ada says she knows him better because she she played with him in the 90s and they start scattering and you know it didn't serve the plot but it was really good, it was catchy and very enjoyable. I went on tour with him, tour with him, tour with him, tour with him, tour with him through the '90s. Through the '90s, went on tour with him, tour with him, tour with him, tour with him, with him through the '90s. Havana, New of Manhattan, and Tokyo, Paris, and Amsterdam. Not helping, not helping, not
1: helping, not helping, not helping, not helping, not
0: helping. While all this is happening, Monk finds a picture of. Of his dad's old Publicist uh, Treasured artist records And Lisa's like Okay so we have to go there So they then go to The record label And they inform I will say I found that Plot detail a little bit Convenient That Oh he just found the picture of the record yeah, yeah. label That made Lisa go Oh we must go there now It was a little bit like Oh that's handy I guess But yeah they go to The record label We find out that Blingham signed away To rice to song When he signed the contract Without reading the boilerplate That they never told him Existed he then asks them to sign a confidentiality agreement that, you know, they never heard any of this. And Monk signs it and he says, like, why are you signing this? The, the, the man is wearing a mustache, has a mustache. And Monk goes, well, because of his mustache, I, I can't read his lips so good. All I heard was, please. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm trained to have hard lips to read and hard handwriting to read and... uh and fingerprints Lisa says this This could take years to fight but knows that Monk is up for it but Monk says he's happy with life how it is and he walks away and Lisa's like where are you going and he goes read my lips I'm done I, 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 I like this the way the plot progressed in that like Lisa didn't get the satisfaction she wanted here he was like, "I'm fine. You don't need to help me." So, yeah, it would've I'm been nice. too easy, but it wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if that's what would happen because what would typically happen in a Simpsons episode, you get this lovely happy ending. But I like that it. it was just she didn't get what she wanted here.
1: It's nice. It adds a little extra dilemma. Yeah, I mean.
0: yeah, totally. It Makes it more in- interesting. Shink goes home and tells Homer that she's given up, and you know, Homer's like, "I'm proud of you, sweetie." And then Bart goes, "I never even tried." He's like, "I'm even more proud of you, son." She's like I'm going to bed And Homer's like Nothing like a cold Lonely room To forget about The time you wasted <laughs> <laughs> We then cut to Homer In bed with Marge He's reading a book Called What is nuclear power It's a great little detail <laughs> And uh, Marge goes Yo, Do you think Lisa's okay and he's like uh, she, she wasn't But I fixed it And Marge's like Maybe I should talk to her And he's like Oh she just said She agreed with everything I said If you interfere it Could send the place Into a tailspin It may never recover from and Marge is like, are you sure she's okay? And he's like, oh, she's in her happy place now. Sad music. I'm like, night, sweetie. He turns the light up and Marge leaves her eyes open so you can see her eyes. he's like, would you mind closing your eyes? They're very bright. Cut <laughs> to Lisa in her room. And she's playing the song. And she's like, oh, this sounds so sad. I wonder what the other track says. She turns it over. It's just a phone number for the suicide hotline. And she's like, oh. She decides to go for a stroll. And the ghost of Ingham's Murphy visits her again, informs her that she's he's always measuredly there for her when he needs her, at the exact right moment. Just like Will Smith in the Leisure The Legend of Bagger Vance or Morgan Freeman in driving Miss Daisy. We then get a quick cut of like bleeding gums as Morgan Freeman in that movie and Lisa as Miss Daisy and he's driving her and Lisa's like Teach me about inequality in a way that doesn't make me feel guilty and in in exchange, in thirty years time, I'll ask you for your last name. He then crashes his his car into the two characters from Green Book. And uh, the, the guy's like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, I was forming an unlikely friendship. He said, like, hey, me too. Against, against how many odds? All. <laughs> I didn't deal with the plot. I thought it was so funny. I a little crossover of two movies I like a lot. I, I love Green Book. She says she needs to do to do something. And then Bleeding Gums like, walks away being like, oh, this is ridiculous. But then she goes, okay. I realize now that I'm just a kid. This is real life, and there's very little I can do here. And then Murphy informs her that she's learning the true principles of jazz. And she, calls into, she calls into the uh, Center for Deaf Children, where Monk is uh, rehearsing a, well, he's directing a production of Richard III, which is an entirely deaf cast, obviously. And then Lisa comes in with a written apology, but Monk says he's too busy and just cut to the gist. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can give you a gist. The gist is great. Now, I love this apology he basically just says that
1: your dad saved me once when I was really sad So when I found out you existed even before I met you I thought saving you somehow was what I was meant to do now I know the right thing to do would have been to just listen to you when you said you didn't need or want saving
0: Awesome. Monk forgives her and informs her that she is getting. he's getting implants after placing ninth in the lottery We're cut to two months later Lisa has prepared what the first thing that he ever hears is going to be. She opens up the records. It's of the song that he that he wrote for a Monk, but the record says Lisa sucks, and Lisa just goes, "Oh, screw you, Bart." But at the same time that he puts the earpiece in, so that's the person he he's appeared, and he's like, "Oh, screw you, Bart." I heard that it's beautiful, and Bart is you know, cheeky little Bart going. I almost forgot that pranking makes me the center of attention. He then. uh... She then plays him Monk's tune and he sheds a tear listening to it. A sweet final moment. And he just goes, I can hear his voice for the first time. Thank you, Lisa. And Lisa just goes, this is totally going up on the website. And uh, the, the ghost being as Murphy says to Lisa, you know, you made an old jazz man happy, Lisa. Thank you Also, What's a website? So <laughs> okay, again, Just a joke <laughs> about How long oh, he's boy, been boy. dead Yeah <laughs> We didn't get a final tag It's just Lisa's dream What,
1: what, what was the year he died? Technically like, It was in season 6
0: So it would have been like 95, 96 So yeah I guess websites Weren't a huge thing back then And phone books would have been So yeah. it, the jokes make sense But yeah It's like But he also died the same year That Lisa's been in 8 That's where it's like Kind of inconsistent But I, I mean I, They obviously know that we're not get a final little day. It's just Lisa dreaming of herself, Ida, Blingham's Murphy and Monk playing Happy Talk, which is a song mm-hmm. I know very well because we used to do musical theatre in college, so it kind of triggered me a little bit. <laughs> I hated doing that song, but it is a nice little tune. And uh, the family are watching it, but they're like three rows away and Bart's like, you couldn't dream us better seats? And Lisa just like, yeah, rid where the Bart? Yeah. She's like, much better. And it's a fine little text, just if you want to learn more about the lottery, please contact your local corner store or look up Ponzi Schemes. <laughs> That's the the end of the episode.
1: Great little yeah. ending bit there as well. Yeah, I
0: like that. that was funny. Quick little gag for sure.
1: Yeah, after you, right? So, this was so so nearly a great episode. Yeah, I see. So I agree. Nearly. Yeah. The sort of plot holes and like the way that we always have this issue with some of the new episodes where it feels like they're forcing things in place to continue the plot. Yeah. Um, some of the. Bad jokes, but were made <laughs> there with some really good jokes. For sure, yeah. Um, More good jokes than yeah, that. Yeah, the sort of negatives I can, I can really speak about because there were so many good things about this episode. Mm. Great ode to Dean the, Gums. the original <laughs> episode. Yeah. Um, my favourite thing about this episode, the animation oh yeah they got so creative with it the dream sequences It was so subtle yeah even the little bit where the lady's like standing next to the paintings she comes out again yeah it's just so good it was great yeah Um, I loved the little black and white bit at the end as well Mm, fabulous Um, and it was a great story and such an original story for sure choice to bring in a deaf actor yeah to voice him, and mm. also just have his son being deaf anyway. Yeah. That was such a good dilemma. And it was, was utilised well. it didn't feel tacked on or anything. And just the style of the episode was so cool. All the locations were so authentic. Totally. And just colourful, but like yeah. not too much. Mm. Um, and every character... so There were a lot of characters that were just brought in. Yeah, build side gags they, and stuff. They yeah. all worked, and they were all really well established. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, fine yeah, episode. Yeah, I yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Final Uh Eight. You gave it
0: eight. Yeah, yeah,
1: Really yeah, good. Okay, strongest, yeah. to be honest, strongest of the season so far for me.
0: The strongest episode of the season. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Okay. I I I definitely I I liked it. I definitely didn't like it as much as you, but yeah, sure. I I gave it a seven point five. I, I definitely agree with you with like some of the inconsistencies, and that would be like where where I would rank it a little bit lower than you, but I guess I thought it was really good. I said, I thought it was a lovely return for the character being those Murphy, even if the plot was a little inconsistent, that parts and beats felt very convenient. It's like I said about, like, that, you know, they find the picture of the record label, yeah. and they just, oh, oh Quincelli, oh, we should probably go there. Yeah. Even, like, when she goes to meet Monk, I felt like there should be a bit of hes- hesitancy from him being like, oh, I probably shouldn't let a fan of my dad come and see my house but he was so just like oh yeah please come in it, just, it felt true. a little bit too convenient yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah there wasn't enough like conflict there where there could have been but that's there's minor criticisms I said I love the arc of man it is raining out of the heavens yeah, now I don't know if you can hear or not but hey maybe it'll add to the atmosphere
1: <laughs> she says I, I love I we I were s- doing Treehouse of Horror
0: oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's true it, it's November 1st like, it's not Halloween anymore I said I love the arc of having like, no one encouraging Lisa's pursuits, and having her, like, not be successful in getting what she wanted, I thought it was really refreshing, and the apology to Monk was a great conclusion to this arc. I said Homer was an obvious highlight, all his bits were just the best, like, none of them served anything to the plot, really, apart from, I guess, him, like, discouraging Lisa, but every single bit was, it was the funniest part of the episode, it was just Homer just had great one-liners, it was just... Shows what a great character he is That he can just come in randomly And just shine In his random little moments And my final note was I, just, I thought Monk was a great addition That wasn't an obvious Son character For Bleeding Gums Murphy And it went in an interesting direction that, that I enjoyed You know I just thought The obvious thing would have been To have him like Look like Bleeding Gums And that he wanted to be A jazz musician as well But he was also struggling That would have been The
1: easy thing to do It yeah. would have been The easy
0: obvious thing to do Yeah but they did Pretty much the exact opposite So yeah I really really liked that Yeah so I gave him a 7.5 Yeah yeah, really nice episode. Rain's coming down a bit. Yeah, stopped all of <laughs> Fucking horrible! That's one of those showers that is never gonna be that 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 bad for that long? But yeah, jumping into the news. Pre-recorded from London City, it's a very bad impression of Kent Brockman letting you know it's time for Simpsons News. I've literally only one piece of news this week, but a nice little cool one. It's just that. Uh, Fans and critics alike are calling the latest Trials of Horror the best, some people are calling it the best episode in years, others are calling it the best Trials of Horror in years, which is both are huge, huge praise. The Daily Beast called it one of the most fun episodes of the entire series. Wow, okay. Not recent series, the entire yeah, series, yeah. so like really high praise currently has an 8.2 in IMDb. Wow. So, I mean, oh, I a haven't... A new
1: Simpsons s- episode, that's good. First a of horror, especially because yeah. they
0: can be super hit and miss. So, very exciting. Uh, I'm, I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up too much, I haven't seen it yet, but, like, it's... I, I've seen nothing but very positive things about it so far. So, very exciting. I also heard that, apparently, the Simpsons... The Simpsons World, Westworld parody, is going to be, like, set in a theme park that is, like, just a Simpsons theme park. Apparently it's going to be, like, very self-referential. So... That setting alone makes you very excited. Mm-hmm. And, and the Death Note one, of course. Just Have you seen any pictures of the Death
1: Note one? I haven't. No. It looks
0: insane. It looks so good. It's just proper anime Oh, The Simpsons. Like, it looks yeah. fantastic. So I'm very excited. But yeah, that's the one piece of news. Should we be into into
1: classics? Yes. I mean, this is a, the definition of a classic. Oh, yeah. I've said this many times before. But, but yeah. I'm not going to go really in-depth about it because it's not. It, everyone knows it doesn't this require episode. that. Yeah, everyone knows this episode so good. Deep Space Homer, amazing. This is one I grew up with, and I remember watching as a kid. Yeah, it? so nostalgic. He's uh, yeah. got so many like iconic moments. So good. Um, it's just gag after gag. It's one of those yeah. episodes.
0: Like, there's a a huge story going on. I mean, there is kind of a big story, but it's it's all builds around fantastic gags.
1: And this had, I mean, when did this come out? This episode, season
0: five. Season five. So it would have been like ninety four or ninety five. Yeah. The-
1: Right 94. at the start, I mean, these jokes were ahead of the time, oh, in my opinion. so good. The, the joke at the start, where, like, Homer is, like, on the kitchen floor, like, rolling around. Yeah. And the family, like, slowly are like, oh, God. Like, it's, it's such a, like, it's <laughs> one of those, idiot. like, dark jokes. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, my God, he's he's really stupid. Dude, he's so like, concerned like, about his stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. Even, like, it's so kids, funny. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um... We just have Homer in like, it's the most ridiculous situation. Yeah, really. I mean, he goes the to hell space. he goes to
0: space. <laughs> the whole thing about how it happens is so funny as well. He, he calls them at yeah. Moe's. He calls NASA at Moe's being like, <laughs> stop showing those stupid space launches on TV. And they're like, how the hell did you get my our number? And he's like, shut up! And it cuts them later on being like, you know, I, I, I want to talk to you, Mr. President Clinton, because I feel like you're a guy who knows how
1: to hook me up with stuff. And again, he just goes, shut up! I love it. it's like um, all the monkeys came back from space like with higher intelligence maybe you know, we should tell people about yeah. this I don't think we'll be doing yeah.
0: that he's <laughs> just in a smoking a cigar yeah.
1: so funny um, yeah okay. do you have anything to say no oh, just, just, like, I could talk about so many different yeah. guys throughout this episode so but funny I know that if, well I'm really Let's be real. If Everyone you're a Simpsons fan uh, and
0: you're listening to this podcast, and you haven't seen these these Space Homer, what are you doing? Yeah, it, go watch it's,
1: it. it. It's just brilliant.
0: It's just sensational. It's the Simpsons that they're very finest. like the most ridiculous plot with the best gags, and it it all. It couldn't. It, it, so so many of it like shouldn't work out almost, and that's how ridiculous it
1: is. But it all works out. But, <laughs> but they set that tone from the beginning. That it's just gonna be a it's silly day, silly episode. It's like yeah. Well, yeah, it's already this stupid So yeah. that's just wrong with it Yeah, and yeah, exactly it works out really well it's, it's, it's still somewhat like It's grounded Very grounded episode Yeah,
0: yeah And now he's nervous about going to space yeah. When he calls marriage That really sweet When <laughs> he keeps dialing And Mary's like You already dialed Did you keep hearing him doing it again? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's nervous like, I love the bit as well when he's doing the speech About going up And he's like I'm sure nothing bad can happen up there oh, Unless of course we conquer A planet of the apes <laughs> He's like Wait a minute. Statue of Liberty? It was urge No, they <laughs>
1: blew it off! You're yeah. <laughs> so good. So this is season five, another prime season. Absolutely, so yeah. This is one of the best episodes of the season, so I don't see why this doesn't really grant a score of nine point five.
0: I I think I give it a ten. A ten fair For much. me, it's
1: one of the, just, those does just I, it's so close to being a ten. Yeah. It's not quite in my like yeah, no, so.
0: very, it wouldn't be my top 20 either but I, I still I would put it very high up and I just I just think it's such when you think about The Simpsons like just like gold and really it's, funny it's, episodes Simpsons, yeah. yeah this is one of those ones like it's just it's it's a gag it's a, second, a second like yeah, yeah you, you, you can see they put in so much work just to make it as funny as it could possibly be and fit in as much gags as they possibly could and like I love it <laughs> Another bit as well where Barney is like off drink and he's like getting all fit and everything and they, they were going to choose him over Homer and they, they, all, they all take a little drink of champagne and he just immediately gets drunk and like <laughs> runs into he's, he's Be about alcoholic. to alcoholic yeah, yeah yeah he's about to like hit a pillow factory he's going to go in there but he falls over that and you see a van of like marshmallows coming over It's like oh he's going to fall into that falls on the floor and then the van of marshmallows rolls over him <laughs> and then one of the space sh- like the NASA people are like that was
1: alcohol free champagne <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so good because that is just a joke that just continues, continues, continues. Yeah. but in the best way possible. The best way possible.
0: The final punchline. They don't like ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the final punchline is perfect. Like yeah, I mean, can I talk about the fantastic space? Yes. As in, like when he opens a bag of potato chips, yeah. the yeah. iconic part. Like I hope you
1: didn't, hope you didn't, ask, didn't ask this question in uh, no, the no,
0: I didn't. No, I don't ask you before. <laughs> as you, you know now, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the freaking. What <laughs> the spaceship he's you know, he's like, was Aldrin is like, how the hell do you get onto a spaceship? <laughs> you never find out, he's not just gonna bang the potato chips on. And he's, I love as well, it's just a small little detail I know, but I really appreciate this time around, it's just like that the potato chips stay lingering in the, space, in the spaceship for the yeah. rest of the episode. I thought it was a nice little detail that the obvious thing to do in a cartoon would be okay, the gag is over, they can go away now. But it was like no, because it it makes the the situation more severe. These are just floating around while they're also dealing with the situation of being stuck in space. Yeah. I and mean, he also like there's two insane guest stars in this episode, Buzz Aldrin and James Taylor, and neither of them feel forced.
1: Not so They're
0: both put into it yeah. very nicely, and they had to. Like, Buzz Aldrin's really good, and James Taylor is actually really funny. Like he he's a good comedic actor for that scene anyway, <laughs> when he's like talking about. The, the ants get loose and they're breaking like the wires in the in the space shuttle and, on the spaceship and stuff and James Taylor is like um, oh I mean I, I when you know Ark Arfinkel came over to my house uh, my summer home <laughs> and uh, a bunch of ants were in our house we got a leaf blower and just blew them mm-hmm. out but you know you you NASA folks wouldn't care about my small time life and they're like wait a minute he might be onto something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until he opened the door to get rid of the ants but then like over like goes flying away and one of the NASA guys was like what have you done and James Hedder's just like I'm out of here
1: it's just a fun little random cameo that They're saying, started in a funny way to be like a parody of 2001 well the, big, the potato chips there's yeah. a few bits and the bit at the end yeah. as well
0: yeah I mean it's very obvious especially especially in the early seasons just how much the writers love Sandy Kubrick oh, yeah. and there's a bunch of at the here. time
1: of making The Simpsons obviously his films were like I mean, fashion, they still are huge, yeah.
0: But like, yeah, he was still alive and still making movies. So exactly, yeah. The, the, that time period, there was such a love for him. Obviously, the final bit is is a parody. with, like a little baby Homer, and just like a a a, a satellite that says Fox, just like hits him, which is, is obviously parodying the ending of two thousand and one. Yeah. Very beautifully. I mean, there's so many gangs. I like, I could go on forever, but if you haven't watched the episode you obviously have if you listen listening to this it podcast it's are to the first thing since.
1: you do after you listen to this
0: yeah absolutely this, 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 go watch C Space Homework yeah. or even if, you, even if you just you can't remember it that well go watch Sea Space Homework because it is one of the most rewatchable episodes of any TV show ever it's just funny funny oh. gag after gag oh one more thing is one like great Ken Brockman in this episode is like <laughs> when the answer like did they, they, they get get a shot of them on the spaceship it's just like the ants flying into the screen and Kemp pop was like oh my god we've been invaded by ants <laughs> by giant ants and he like looks at the camera and he's like i for one embrace our new ant overlords just a reminder a likable news personality like myself is a great way to reel people into your society <laughs> a picture immediately comes up as like a giant ant just whacking people <laughs> he was like so quick to just you know betraying the entire human race i just love how consistent they are with Kemp rock just being a man who has no morals whatsoever
1: <laughs> now it is time for Dylan's Impression yes Impressionist I, I
0: knew you were going to
1: yeah
0: everyone's second favourite <laughs> I, well, I hope one of their favourite segments is when we review the episode seeing as that is half of the podcast <laughs> most of the podcast most
1: people skip to three quarters of the way through <laughs>
0: <laughs> to listen to the Impression Okay, so my impression this week, there wasn't any character in this episode who I hadn't already covered, so I just picked a random one. So for a comic book guy, so as usual, four quotes, the, one of these quotes is not the actual character. So, number one. Ooh, and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Number two. Ooh, a sarcasm detector. That's a real useful invention. And number three. Oh, she's near mint and comes in a very limited edition. Females who will talk to me. <laughs> and number four. To me, nerd stands for not even remotely dorky. So thank you for the compliment.
1: <laughs> oh, us just
0: talk. Yeah, they're all very... You say the first two. He would say the, the first two. The first two. Oh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. And two. Ooh, a sarcasm detector. That's a real useful invention. Okay, I think it's the first one. Lois and cheeseburgers, yeah. nah. Oh. It's to me nerd sense for That's not good, even man. remotely dorky. So thank you for a compliment. That's actually Professor Frank. Yeah, I thought it would be. Oh really? Yeah, because yeah, he's like the other very nerdy character yeah. on the show. Exactly. But yeah, moving uh, on.
1: Thanks
0: for the compliment. Uh, thank
1: you for the compliment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> moving on to the Quivia. Everyone's
1: favorite.
0: <laughs> Everyone's favorite. It's like some sort of jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite is Quivia time. But yeah, it's all trivia related to this episode, so there's a lot of cool little pieces of trivia about this episode. So number one, like I mentioned earlier, is just John Autry II's performance as monk marks the very first time a deaf actor has lent a role on the show. Uh, this episode was inspired by the life of its writer, Loni S- Sustend, whose brother Eli is is really like hearing impaired in real life, and... A- ASL, like sign language consultants, were employed to make sure that its uses in this episode was as accurate as possible. I just love, just love about just how much work it went into it and it was like a personal story for the writer and stuff like that. I think that's yeah. super cool. And the final piece of trivia is this is the first time Bleeding Gums Murphy has appeared since the death of his original voice actor, Ron Taylor. He's voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson in this episode, who is a, a, frequent car, a frequent voice actor in the show, voices Dr. Hibbert and a few others. Well, uh, yeah, I, I actually didn't know this original voice actor was dead, so it's a nice way to pay pay homage to him. I I, I feel like it was kind of like a, a tribute to him in a way. I guess this episode was. Yeah. And yeah, done very nicely. But yeah, now jumping into the quiz. So question number one: Which beetle did marriage have a crush on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ringo Starr.
0: Ah, nice. Yeah, absolutely. The most unlikely
1: Beatles
0: <laughs> to have a crush <laughs> on, yeah, for sure. The one that l- the least people were like, you know, oh, oh Ringo, oh, <laughs> so, like Yoda. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or uh, Jar Jar Binks. Even you're kind of getting close to there. <laughs> Me like Ringo. Woo. <laughs> Number two. What's the name of the compost store?
1: Oh God. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, androids um, Android something the Android important No uh, I, That's all I can think of Androids
0: Sorry, is that a sip of water? Yeah, I'll give you half a point It's the Androids Dungeon ah. I'm impressed It was actually somewhere in the back of your brain Yeah <laughs> It took so long I was like, he's not going to get it But actually, you've got something So yeah I'll give you half a point i want to keep all those noises in I'm just going to be my ringtone those noises. (laughs) Number three, what's Lovejoy's first name, Reverend Lovejoy? Reverend, I'm joking.
1: Um, (laughs) Is it James?
0: Nah. Frank. Nah. One more guess.
1: Huh? Herbert.
0: Nah. Timothy. Timothy. Yeah. Number four, how did Maud die? Sorry. How did Maud die, Flanders. Um.
1: Murdered. No, I wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't count that. <laughs> hit by a train. No. Nah. No, I can't remember. <laughs> a t-shirt cannon. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. technically murdered? I guess so, but I'm not going to give you a point. That's too vague. <laughs> <laughs> you said that for so many things. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <Okay. laughs> Number five. What season does Sergio Bob first appear in? Um, one, yeah, one, very good. Yeah, it was a trick question. You got me. Number six, name Homer's pet lobster. I can't remember. Uh, Pinchy, pinchy no. yeah. Number seven, what's Nelson's surname?
1: I can't remember. <laughs> remember <my> hint, apple. <laughs> um, Nelson eating <laughs>
0: <laughs> months. months. Um. Number eight. Nelson Eaton, correct. Well done. Yeah, very good. Why not? That's an apple. (laughs) Number eight. Which of these artists have not worked on a couch gag before? Glimmer Del Toro, Tim Burton, and Banksy. So two of them have, and one of them hasn't.
1: See, the obvious choice would be go for Banksy, because he's an anonymous guy. But at the same time, I feel like Simpsons could do that. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Del Toro has. I'm actually going to say Tim Burton. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yes. it, was, it was Tim Burton. Yeah, You could, you could hear me work, working that right out. Right on your head. head. Yeah, no, that was very
0: good. That was very clever. Yeah, and yes, Banksy and Glenn Del Toro have both made fantastic couch guys that are definitely worth the watch to look at if people haven't seen them, especially Banksy Warren. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine Homer is named after which member of Matt family?
1: Uncle. It's bad. Right.
0: <laughs> you were thinking it's too obvious for <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, no, it's his dad. <laughs> Number 10. What's the name of Cleus's wife?
1: Of who? Cletus. Cleus's wife. On um, the episode
0: we only viewed last yeah, week. Yeah, last week,
1: yeah. <laughs> Miranda. Miranda. That's not a um, hilly
0: name at all. Maureen. No. No, I don't know. I can't remember. Brandine. Brandine. I'm afraid. Yeah. So you got. I mean, this was this was difficult. This is a low one,
1: yeah. <laughs> you, you even hit me with the what's the name of the Homer's Barber short Quartet? Well, you said it already. I'm not going to give it to you when you get the answer right. I'm not going to
0: push you. Like, oh, what's he going to this give me? Classic, ten you know, questions. I always, I no always shows. know. I'll give you an easy one next week. And I'm like, what does Homer say? What color are bad shorts? What's, what's Homer's catchphrase? <laughs> Mm. Um, but yeah I'm afraid You got three and a half Oh in. that is poor
1: <laughs> I apologise to the viewers That's, that's right. a terrible performance
0: You're fine I mean I guess I was being
1: tough as well But yeah We'll wrap it up with The recommendation of the week I am actually Kind of scared That we've got The same recommendation <laughs> Really? Okay Your reaction to that Means we probably don't then I don't think you've seen What I'm recommending you know. Okay that's fine then. But
0: if you have Then maybe I don't no, know No no
1: you know we I know we well, both seen what I'm recommending so okay yeah so yeah you wanna go, go first, first?
0: rock paper, scissors sure rock paper scissors I got scissors okay I am going with barbarian oh the, okay yeah. the horror we movie both team movies, so. yeah yeah fantastic I went to a late night screening Who of directed it directed it um oh I forget the name it wasn't my it wasn't what I ever heard it before um yeah i've heard
1: really good things about this film
0: it is a sensational i wouldn't be getting like really into horror in more recent years but it's really become like a guilty pleasure for me now i just love being scared and yeah, the adrenaline absolutely but there's so few horrors that can properly get you in that way nowadays because they're rehashing sequels that or just even it's a new horror movie that's just going off the same cliches just jump
1: scares and... yeah
0: very obvious jump scares and stuff but Barbarian, my God, is consistently scary. It consistently keeps you wondering what the hell is going on. Absolutely petrifying. Amazing performances all around. I don't know the lead actress's name but she was sensational. Also, Bill Skarsgård, people know as Pennywise, he's amazing yeah. in it. And Justin Long also. I've only seen in comedy before so it was cool to see him in a more dramatic role. Sensational in it. Really, really scary movie. I can't talk too much about it because saying anything, because the trailers are so vague, saying anything will give it away but the basic setup that is in the trailer is this girl goes to an Airbnb in Detroit she's right out for the weekend she's a big job interview goes to Airbnb and there's another guy there yeah I remember
1: seeing the trailer yeah
0: that's all I can say about it without giving too much away but it is so good it even has a sense of humor which I didn't expect even that would be giving it okay, away. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I can't. I, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it, it, it goes in areas where you would not it, expect. It's, all I know is that if you're claustrophobic... Absolutely. Watching? Absolutely, yeah, no, I agree with that. But, like, honestly, you go in, and when the movie starts... Because you know horror tropes so well from seeing so many horror movies, you think you can predict what's going to happen, and it seems so obvious. And then it goes somewhere completely unexpected. Again, I don't want to say too much about getting away, but that, that's that's much I can say. It's just it, it keeps you guessing. It's genuinely scary. It's captivating. The performances are amazing. Like it just it hits all the beats that horror's really hit nowadays. But When they do, it, it that's what makes me go, "Oh, this is why I love horror." Mm-hmm. And to be fair, two thousand twenty-two has been a sensational year for horror. You've had it's
1: that. Year for films in general. In,
0: in general, course. absolutely. Yeah. But just to focus on yeah, horror hurts, yeah. for a moment, but just because there's so much bad ones. Usually, this year we had this. Smile. The Black Phone Men was decent. Men. Men was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I wouldn't put it up with the ones I just mentioned, but still, still pretty good. But, uh, something different. Very gruesome. Yeah, refreshing. different. Yeah, pretty gruesome body horror. I mean, again, great performances in that movie from Rory Kinnear and Jesse Buckley. Well, it's like a, I I know controversial opinion from people here is divided to people. But I I personally loved Halloween Ends. I thought that this was just such a good year for horror, original good yeah. storytelling. I haven't seen it yet, but the hosts might be really good as well. Maybe Anya Taylor I Joy and yeah. Ray Fines, yeah. Um, it just seems people are being let make original stories in the horror genre, again, which is making really happy rather than just rehashing another saw sequel or you know another um, insidious, <laughs> insidious, exactly <laughs> stuff like that. Um, no, I, I, if you're a fan of horror, could not recommend Barbarian enough. But, yeah, please tell me your recommendation of the week.
1: I went for the Banshees of Inisharim.
0: Have you no memory at all? Why would I recommend something I recommended last week? Oh, did you recommend it last week? Yeah, we spoke about it on the
1: podcast. You did, didn't you?
0: (laughs) I recommend something two weeks in a row. (laughs) Um, Because I was thinking it would be Banshee that you would recommend, but then when you went. Oh, I thought we might both recommend the same thing. I was like, oh, but I already did no,
1: it. Yeah. That's alright. Uh, I, I have a backup recommendations.
0: So no, fine. no. But you, I, I would like to hear your opinion of the podcast. I'm sure of the podcast of the movie, and I'm sure the, the fans like to hear how I, you respond as well. To actually,
1: vote. it sort of makes sense because you saw it last week. Yeah. In, well, they didn't need to go see it. Yeah, so let's hear so you now exactly. I see it, yeah, it's, it's, I it's like a con- it as well. It's like to it be continued yeah. exactly. Yeah, 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 so sorry, my memory's me your feelings. Um, <laughs> so, this film. In my opinion, it's the best film I've seen this year. Yeah, it's no, I agree. Incredibly grounded, mm-hmm. hilarious. If you like dark comedy, for sure. Confusing. <laughs> yeah, uh, acting, definitely phenomenal. Mm. Um, location phenomenal. Writing phenomenal. Yeah. Um, just everything about it start to finish you cannot take your eyes off the screen it's beautiful I did not think about anything else once apart from taking a sip of my drink yeah 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 yeah. Like, absolutely captivating it, yeah it, you really do not get out of your seat for this one no you you forget you need the toilet it's <laughs> yeah just it, and I love films like that mm. and that's when you know it's a good film totally when you're, when you're at the cinema and you're like getting distracted by what people are doing around you obviously it Depends what it is, yeah. But i no one else was even doing anything around me, it mm. shows how good of a film it was. Yeah, everyone was just listening and paying attention to the movie, totally. Um, again, I guess you can't say too much about this film without giving the whole plot away, yeah. It was what I said last um, week, yeah. I, I gave worried. the basic plot now yeah. is
0: it. it was just about uh, Brendan Gleason and Colin Farrell, two guys who are the pub together every night. And one day, Brendan Gleeson just turns around, comes totally out of the blue for no reason, and says he doesn't want to be his friend anymore. That is the and basic setup. It sounds of like such an
1: immature thing. Yeah, but it makes complete sense. It is and the way they has, take. It. I feel like we've all had his experience before. I think I've been both. Yeah. Of the, I think I've, I've been pretty decent and yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I've been confused about why yeah. someone doesn't want,
0: doesn't want to see me anymore. And also been the person being like, I don't want you in my life anymore. Yeah, no, I relate to both there. Uh, the the, the Obviously,
1: I'm a fan of the writer. Very Dunn is sensational. He's all his films have been great. And his, play, he's and his an plays. He's just an
0: amazing writer full, and director, full so stop.
1: I didn't go into this with a doubt in my mind it was going to be fantastic and it lived up to the expectations and yeah there, to be honest
0: even then yeah it exceeded expectations totally because like I mean for me I've read not all of most of his plays like The Pillow Man is my favourite play his 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 the, the Lanan trilogy is amazing I'd recommend that so much to people if you like one of the introductions to his working as a good place to start with Mark McDonough but his movies as well if you've just seen his movies that's a lot to compare to before going seeing Banshee's just in set seven psychopaths mm. and especially three billboards are just amazing films um, and I um, think
1: it's better than all three of them personally I was actually about to say this is my favourite
0: yeah me too yeah. yeah for sure and that's comparing it to for me personally Banshees is a 10 out of 10 I would put the rest of it at a 9 so this goes to show what an absolutely solid consistent creator writer director he is like yeah, yeah no beautiful movie I was mean, out of curiosity what was your backup
1: unless you want to say it for another podcast <clears throat> No, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly say it now. Yeah, I, sure. I, it's actually a video game. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a video game. Yeah. Um, maybe some people have probably played it before. It's not that obscure. It's called The Binding of Isaac. I'm nervous. And it's a very... The guy... I'm pretty sure the guy that made the game mm-hmm. was tripping on mushrooms making the game. Shit, okay. So it's a very weird game. Yeah, but yeah. everything in the, the game... fuck?
0: How would you make a game it's like on a, mushrooms? It's
1: like a Dungeon Crawler-esque game where you play what is meant to be, like, Isaac from the Bible. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and his mum... It's it's a play on Isaac from the Bible. Yeah. And his mum is, like, the villain and locks him in the basement, and he goes down and down into, like, the catacombs, the depths and hell and stuff. That sounds fascinating. And the, the, the monsters get more and more weird and fucked yeah. up. Yeah, Um And everything's randomly generated, and sort of, like... You go in a room and you don't know how many monsters could be in there. What monsters? What, what rewards you're going to get? And you like okay. slowly upgrade yourself. Yeah. As the further you go down, uh-huh. until you finally beat your mum at the end. Right. This game sounds bonkers. It's crazy. in a good way. Yeah. Uh, there's I think there's three of them now. I only played Binding of Isaac and Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Okay, just, I've never played They're serious. just, they're really, really good games. What's it on? It's, Is that everything? Or um, most things? Yeah, it was originally a PC game. Okay. Um, But it's now um, on pretty much everything. It's 2D.
0: Okay, cool. I wouldn't have thought
1: that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really good.
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm not much of a gamer myself personally, but sounds cool. I'll definitely give it a look. I'm, Probably one of them playing the game. Like I'll look at people playing on YouTube or something, but anyone who is a gamer, they you know, look for something a bit more obscure, a bit more indie, maybe. Yeah. This sounds like um I think your ballpark. Like, yeah. People that
1: are like gamers to say. Yeah. Probably know this. But people that aren't and play them casually might not Sure,
0: it's it's kind of in that area. It's, it's a bit more underground. Yeah. Cool. Alright. I mean I guess that's everything really. I think that's all she wrote. Wrap it up from there? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What was that? I don't know. That's all she wrote, man. See you all soon.
1: Bye.